Well, good morning again. I love Sunday mornings when we get a chance to come together as a family and spend some time together. And I promise this morning it'll be short because Ray told me earlier I was on a time limit today. So I'm going to do my best to try and stick to that. He said, hey, you're on a time limit. (laughs) So I know it's Memorial Day weekend, and I know that a lot of you have plans, and some of you are heading out of town, and and we know that we have a number of our folks who are are also out of town. But before we jump into the lesson this morning, I wanted to take just a moment to think about what Memorial Day means uh, to all of us. Uh, Memorial Day, as we know, is a day that we honor those who have given their lives for this country. Uh, we know that, and I know this for a fact with this church, we have a great respect for our military community, not only due to our proximity to that, but I see the giving that takes place with our military ministry. So I know that, that you guys love the military and respect the military just as much as I do. I wanted to take just a brief moment to have a moment of silence for all of those who have given their lives for this country. So if you'd join me for just a moment. Thank you. So with Memorial Day in mind, this is what kind of got my mind kind of working this week was to think about what I wanted to speak about. Ed had told me a while back that he was going to be out of town this weekend and asked if I could speak. And I got to thinking about Memorial Day and I got to thinking about what that means to us as Christians. And to me, it brought about no greater love. And that's what we're going to talk for just a few minutes about this morning. Now, ironically, that was also the theme for this year's LTC. So for those of you who went to LTC, some of this may sound eerily familiar to you, um, because I know that the verse that Michael read for us earlier is one that was, that was used quite frequently during LTC, but I also think it's very, very important that we revisit this. So I want to thank Michael for reading that scripture for me this morning, but when we talk about no greater love, this morning what we're going to look at is the framework of the Good Shepherd found in John chapter 10. Now, the reason that we're going to look at this is that we want to talk about what love actually means to us. So I got to thinking about that. What does love mean? Now, love is the most commonly used word in the Bible. So obviously, it's pretty important. But I got to thinking about what does love actually mean to us? So I looked up the definition. And this is the definition that you find if you Google what is love. Not the Night at the Roxbury song. An intense feeling of deep affection. An intense feeling of of deep affection. We use the word love all the time. All the time. We love Starbucks. Right? We love the Dallas Cowboys. I I knew I could get an amen on that one if I just threw out the Dallas Cowboys. But, But my point is, guys, we use the word love a lot. We do. It's become a very, very casual part of our vocabulary. We love Starbucks. We love ice cream. Sometimes. We love Coca-Cola or we love Pepsi. We love this and we love that. But we throw this word around all the time. Love. And it's almost lost some of its meaning. Because I don't think that's what love was really designed to be. You don't truly love Starbucks. You may like Starbucks, and they like your money, but you don't love Starbucks, right? That's not what love is. So what we're going to look at today is the greatest love, and that's the love that Jesus had for us. So I want to look at that, and I want to dive into that a little bit deeper. And when we look at the scripture, 
that was read earlier, I want to look at the very first phrase. My command is this. Javon, you're in the military. Is there a big difference between a request and a command? Very much so, right? Now, I've never been in the military, nor do I claim to be. But even I know that there is a big difference between request and command. And it doesn't say, I request this. It says, I command this. So I don't know about you guys, but I feel like that's kind of an important thing when I'm being told that I am commanded to do something. Now, when we think of commands, right, we think of the Ten Commandments. That's not what we're talking about this morning, but this is just as important, right? It says, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Again, it's a command. It's not a request. It doesn't say you might want to, right? We say that to our kids, you might want to clean your room. What happens when we say that? Nothing. Or at least in my household, that's what happens when I say I request you do something. But that's not what he's saying. He's saying that it's a command. So that's what we're going to look at this morning, but we're going to look at it from the framework of John chapter 10. And in John chapter 10, just to give you guys a little bit of a refresher, Jesus is talking to the Pharisees, and he is referring to himself as the good shepherd. Now, this is one of those things that I love about Jesus, is he taught in ways that people understood. Right? He taught in ways that people could understand. Do we always do that? We don't. Right? Because we get caught up in our Christian phrases, and we get caught up in Bible speak, and we get caught up in quoting scriptures and things like that. One of the big things I talked to my youth group about, we actually went through a whole series on this on Wednesday nights, of about 18 kids. And I would say about 16 of those kids told me the reason they don't share Jesus with other people is they don't feel confident in being able to do it. Because they're afraid they'll get asked questions they don't know the answers to, or they don't know how to quote scripture. That's not how Jesus taught. Jesus taught by telling stories. Jesus taught by telling things to people that they could relate to and that they could understand. Now, to those of us living here in Southern California, the idea of a shepherd or sheep probably doesn't hold a whole lot of weight to us. Some of us have maybe never even seen a sheep. Now, I grew up in the Midwest. I've seen plenty of sheep. We dissected a sheep in zoology. I won't even get into that story because there is no worse smell in the world. But... We don't really relate to sheep, but what we have to think about, and this is so important when we're studying the Bible, is time, place, and context. Okay? Jesus was talking to the Pharisees. Okay? He was referring to himself as the shepherd and his people as the sheep. Sheep were a very valuable commodity back in Jesus' time. Now, we may not think of it that way, right? We don't think about, oh... Okay, so Michael has five sheep in the backyard. So what? But in this time, sheep were a commodity. It was money. Right? It was basically walking stock. Because that meant that they had money, and that meant that they had possessions. And these sheep were very, very, very valuable to the person that owned the sheep. And that's exactly what Jesus is saying to us. And I love this reference of the good shepherd. Because sometimes when we think of a shepherd, we think of like, the old guys standing around the manger with a cane. Right? I mean, let's be honest. What do we think of when we think of a shepherd? That's kind of what comes to mind, 
is an older gentleman with a long beard looking at Jesus in the manger because that's kind of that visual that we've been given. But I want to challenge that visual because shepherds in this day were just the opposite. And why do I say that? Shepherds were tough. They were tough guys. When we talk about the story of David and Goliath, David talks about some of the things he did as a shepherd. And he fought bears and he fought lions and tigers, oh my. But you get the idea, right? This was probably not a frail old man fighting tiger or fighting bears and fighting lions. Shepherds were tough. They weren't afraid to go before the sheep and make sure that the path was safe for them. That took courage. That took strength. So I want to challenge that notion of shepherds being these weak people, or these frail old older people who maybe weren't able to do those types of things. Because I don't know about you guys, but when I think about Jesus being the good shepherd, weak and frail certainly does not come to mind. And I would hope that it doesn't for you either. Because his actions were certainly not that of a weak or a frail person. But let's talk about some of the things that the shepherds did. As I mentioned earlier, the shepherds walked in front of the sheep, right? Because they wanted to make sure that the path was clear. They wanted to make sure that it was safe. The shepherds knew each of their sheep by name. Probably spent a lot of time together. (laughs) But they knew each of their sheep by name, right? By name. They could tell you each of their sheep by name. And by how many were supposed to be there. When their sheep were injured or sick, they carried their sheep. They literally would pick the sheep up, put it on their shoulders, and carry their sheep. Which goes back to what we were talking about with frail and weak. Sheep are not light. These guys are hiking around with sheep over their shoulders. The other thing is, every one of those sheep were so important to a shepherd that he would leave the flock to go get one. They would leave the 99 to get the one. Guys, what a great example of Jesus than that of a shepherd. He goes before us. He cleared the...
still don't understand how they make those noises with their mouths, the beatboxing. It makes it sound like they're using like a drum machine, but it's all their mouths. I, I, I'll never understand that. But I love this song. I've been begging Brandon to start singing this song for us on Sunday mornings because I just love everything about this song. The overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Overwhelming. Isn't it overwhelming at times? Do you ever sit down to take communion and start thinking about everything that he does for us? And you're almost moved to tears or you start to shake. It's overwhelming that he would do that for us. It's never ending. God's love never ends. No matter what stupid things that we do, and I use that term loosely, because it may be different for me than it is for you, but whatever stupid things that we do, he'll never love us any less. He may not like what we do, but he doesn't love us any less. And he, his love is just reckless. It's funny, Miss Charlotte and I were talking about, what, what, reckless? That's kind of a weird term because God is omniscient and God is all-powerful and God is all-knowing, so how can it be reckless? But it feels reckless to us, right? Because he gave his son for us. And that feels reckless, but it's not to him. But I just want to leave you with that this morning, is to think about that overwhelming never-ending, reckless love that he has for us. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this time we've had to spend together this morning with our church family. We thank you so much for that crazy, crazy love that you have for us, that you are willing to send your son to die on the cross. For we know that that is truly the meaning of no greater love. So Heavenly Father, just help us to always be in tune with that, Help us to lean on that when things are difficult, when things are challenging, when we just don't understand the things that are happening around us or the things that are happening to us. Help us to always remember that you have that that reckless, never-ending love for us. We thank you so much for that, Father, and we thank you for the gift that is your Son. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. This morning, if there's anything that we can do for you this morning, if we can pray for you in any way, If you have never taken on Christ in baptism to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the baptistry is warm, it's filled, it's ready to go. Or maybe you've been a Christian and you've fallen away. Maybe you've forgotten about that reckless, never-ending love that he has for us. You have an opportunity this morning to come forward and to make that right before you walk out that door because you want to be in the experience of that crazy love that he has for us. So Skeeter's going to go ahead and come forward and lead us in another song. If we can help you in any way, please feel free to come forward. Us together we stand and sing.